Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The Lord is our eternal dwelling place. From age to age, the Lord is our God. Good morning again. My name is Fred Saroy. I will be your liturgist this dreary morning. <laughs> In the name of our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace. Whether we are old or young, whether we are first-time or long-time worshipers, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this place we are all family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. I want to extend a special welcome to any visitors in our midst and to those who I think are joining us online. We've had some technical difficulties this morning. I don't know where we are. We're so glad <clears throat> that you have chosen to worship with us today. For those of us who are here in person, please join us following the service for coffee, refreshments, and fellowship through the doors to my left. There's a lot going on in our congregation, much of which can be found in the announcements in your bulletin. I just one to lift up is not just coffee and fellowship this morning, but a whole harvest supper. Um, Diane. Lots of food. Please join us. Uh, it's going to be delicious. That being said, we begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among. This morning, uh, I would encourage you, after we sing our sung response, to turn and share with your neighbors something that is something you either love or hate, something where there is no in-between, like blue cheese, or cilantro, or marmite, if you know what marmite is, I had to look it up. Uh, where do you land? When we have things that divide us, what ways might be found to live with and respect diversity of opinion, even when your friend likes the New York Mets? <laughs> where might common ground be found? Thank you. 
Do you want me to check, test the sound? Are you hearing anything? I would invite you to use the image and the words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude.
Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. Come to the God whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. Come to the God who listens and whose compassion never fails. Come to the God who is great in wisdom and whose reign is marked by humble service. Come, for this is our God, and we will worship the Lord forever. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 275, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
call to confession. Friends, our spirits are like new grass. At the dawn they spring up fresh, but by sunset they dry up and wither. Blown away in spiritual death. Let us confess our frailty before our merciful God. Let us pray together. God, we praise you, for in your supreme majesty you are mindful of us. You, who created the heavens and the earth, cherish human beings whom you have created in your image. You make space for us to exercise free will to claim new experiences, and to know ourselves loved. As we worship you here, may we know ourselves to be recipients of that vast grace that you pour out upon us. Grace that sets us free from burden and guilt. Grace that picks us up and dusts us off. Grace that sets before us every new day as a fresh start. Grace that encourages us to make the most of opportunities to live into the wonders of every day in the knowledge that you created us, redeems us. When we play down the wonder of your creation or forget the depth of your love, forgive us, God. When we imagine you other than you are or when we create you in our own image, Forgive us, God. When what we share with others is a poor reflection of your marvelous love, forgive us, God. Inspire us by your love to embrace all that you created us to be. Love, forgiven, free, heirs of the kingdom of God. Amen. Beloved, May the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be your dwelling place, now and forevermore. And also Also with you. God's peace to all. Good morning. Good morning. How many of us are children of God? I should see every hand go up because it doesn't matter how old we are. As I was playing a mighty fortress, I was saying, Happy birthday. Can you hear? the knocks on the door of the hammer as Martin Luther was nailing the 95 theses to the door of the Cathedral of Wittenberg? I thought, today's two cents a meal. And he nailed those 95 theses to the door. Now here comes this historian. Because people were crawling up on their knees to pay indulgences to the church. And indulgences were money. And I thought, here we are, it's two cents a meal Sunday. 
Yes, I've been away for a couple of them, but it's still going on. And, and so, so today, we are collecting money not because we have to, but because we want to give to support people who can't put food on their tables for whatever reasons, both here in the United States and worldwide. So I'm going to need some children to help me to collect some money. And as we do this, and, and when we end up putting the money into the basket that already has some seed money in it, listen, listen, listen for the, the sounds, sounds of the, of the hammer, hammer on the door, door of the cathedral, cathedral at Whitmer. Very good goal the other night. Okay. There we go. Here goes the hammer. Thank you. Dear Lord, we ask your blessing on these pennies, nickels, quarters, paper money. We ask your blessings for those whose families these are going to help, both here in Gilderland and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you all. Prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Lord, you are our dwelling place. In you, we find our rest. Gather us in under the shelter of your wing. Settle our souls and calm our minds, that we may receive your word this day in joy and peace. Amen. Our Psalter lesson this morning comes from Psalm 90. Verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 17. God's eternity and human frailty. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
you turn us back to dust and say, Turn back, you mortals, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning, it flourishes and, and is renewed. In the evening, it fades and withers. Turn, O Lord. How long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us, and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. Oh, prosper the work of our hands. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Let us rise in body and remain upright in spirit as we sing together, Our God, our help in ages past.
Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of 1 Kings, chapter 12, beginning to read at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. And they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke that he placed on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the older men who had attended his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, how do you advise me to answer this people? They answered him, If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he disregarded this advice that the older men gave him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him and now attended him. He said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus you should say to this people who spoke to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you must lighten it for us. Thus you should say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had said, Come to me again the third day. The king answered the people harshly. He disregarded the advice that the older men had given him and spoke to them according to the advice of the young men. My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people because it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord that he might fulfill his word which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king would not listen to them, the people answered the king, What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, look now to your own house, O David. So Israel went away to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and resided there. He went out from there and built Penuel. Then Jeroboam said to himself, Now the kingdom may well revert to the house of David. 
If this people continues to go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, the heart of this people will turn again to their master, King Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and return to King Rehoboam of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. He said to the people, You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He sent one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. Since last Sunday, it's been about 80 years. Both in the scripture readings we have been following and in what it has felt like in our own time. And I don't just say that as the dad of a kid who's recovering from surgery. He's doing okay. He's getting there. Not only have the reigns of David and Solomon come and gone... But the constant onslaught of unprecedented news-breaking events continues at a fever pitch. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living in unprecedented times. On my desk is a folder with a calendar of the narrative lectionary. And on that calendar, this date with this scripture lesson, has been circled for literal months. This story, which comes to us from the historical book of 1 Kings, could not be more relevant or timely. In it, we witness the fracturing of the kingdom, the division of the people, and the beginning of the crumbling of the monarchy. Sound familiar? Of course, astute readers will note that there have been cracks in the foundations for years, splintering out during both David and Solomon's reigns. First, a bit of a history lesson to catch us up. Last week, we read about the beginning of David's reign as king of Israel and Judah. For all of his faults, and he had many, he unified the kingdom. He was able to bring all of the tribes together and begin an era of relative peacefulness. And God covenants with David that his house and his kingdom shall be made sure forever. God also tells David that his son who succeeds him, who turns out to be Solomon, will build a house for God's name, i.e. the temple, which is something that David had so desperately wanted to do himself, but was kept from doing because of his sins. When Solomon ascends the throne, he is clearly the favored one, and he is known for his wisdom and for building up the kingdom in a great and mighty way. However, Solomon becomes exactly what the prophet Samuel warned the people about 
a long time ago. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, the people go to Samuel and demand a king. Appoint for us then a king to govern over us like other nations, they say. They see strong warrior kings in other nations and want to be just like them. Samuel listens to what they have to say, but then warns them. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his courtiers. He will take one-tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. They listen to this warning, but demand a king anyway. And they get what Samuel promised them in Solomon. They get taxes. They get wars. He conscripts their daughters for salacious tasks in his palace and their sons for forced labor and military service. He takes and takes and takes and takes. So when Solomon dies, his son, Rehoboam, is immediately faced with a crisis. One of his rivals, Jeroboam, had recently rebelled against Solomon and had exiled himself to Egypt for his own safety. And the northern tribes are threatening to secede from the United Nations. Rehoboam goes north to Shechem to be made king, but the leaders of the tribes of Israel there make his anointing conditional. They have some concerns, some demands they need addressed before they make any agreements to remain united with the southern tribes of Judah. Israel brought a critical question for Rehoboam. As the condition for their continued support of the Davidic dynasty, they asked Rehoboam to lighten their hard service, the heavy yoke his father laid upon them. Rehoboam shrewdly asked for time to consider their demand, but he did not turn to Yahweh or prophets. Rehoboam first consulted the elders who had stood before his father as advisors. They attempt 
to teach Rehoboam diplomacy by wisely pointing out that Israel would be his servants forever if he would be a servant to them today. They advise him, give them good words. Now this answer indicates that the elders may have opposed Solomon's policy of consistently exacting a heavy toll from his subjects, and they knew this answer would please Israel and it would retain kingdom unity. The elders saw the discontent of Israel and knew that Rehoboam must ease their burdens in order to retain them as subjects. But Rehoboam rejects this advice. And instead, he turns to the boys, those who had grown up with him. The narrator shows their contempt for the king's young friends by repeating the phrase, the children who had grown up with him, which the NRSV unfortunately waters down. These inexperienced youth prepared for Rehoboam a harsh answer to Israel's request that their yoke of service be lightened. My father's yoke was heavy, but I'm going to add to it. His whips were brutal. Mine are going to be worse. Their contempt for their elders and their northern kin is clear. And their answer spurned the elders who urged Rehoboam to become a servant to the people of Israel as a welcome and necessary respite from his father's policies, which amounted to near slavery. Solomon had effectively brought his people back to the house of bondage from which Yahweh had delivered them with mighty signs and wonders Rehoboam, he had the opportunity to become a servant king, but chose to require even harsher service than his father had established. And war followed. And of course, Jeroboam has an opportunity when he is chosen as king of the newly independent Israel, Yahweh promised Jeroboam an enduring house if he would listen, do right, and walk in God's ways. He's got a chance, but he blows it and instead starts the kingdom off on the wrong foot by casting images of golden calves. I feel like we've been here before. And the truth is, Israel never really recovers. At its heart, this story is about one question. How do we listen to God? Throughout the story, God was speaking to Rehoboam and Jeroboam, not directly, but through the wisdom of elders and the stories of the past. Rehoboam listens to the wrong people, 
the language of the children is akin to locker room talk. I'm not going to repeat it, but you can go back and read it later, and I think you'll get what they're getting at. And civil war and a divided kingdom follow. Jeroboam does not listen, forgetting the stories that have been shared and passed down through the ancestors, and he makes the same mistakes they made. Now, it would be really nice if God would speak to us directly, wouldn't it? Like, a burning bush isn't too much to ask, is it? Even some skywriting would be welcome. But that's not how God chooses to speak to God's people, is it? So how do we listen to God? It's through community, through people we trust, through prayer and listening to our inner self. It is through surrounding ourselves with wise friends. In Rehoboam's case, it is the elders who counseled his father but it's important to note that wisdom is ageless. I've known both young and old who have been incredibly wise, and both young and old who have not. What Rehoboam forgets, and what his father and grandfather before him forgot on more than one occasion, is that from its inception, Israel has been called to be a great nation. A great nation that is to be a blessing to the rest of the world. They were called to be in service to the world. And it's in the forgetting, in greed and vanity and selfishness, that suffering and pain are created. <laughs> Let us in wisdom pray for and actively seek out leaders who are true servants. This is the last paragraph of my sermon, but... Wouldn't it be nice to have leaders who are true servants? Wouldn't it be nice for our elected officials to seek the welfare of the people instead of bickering? Fighting and clamoring for airtime. Wouldn't it be nice? Election day is coming. We have an opportunity. Sometimes it feels like it's small steps in the right direction. Other times it feels like it's big steps backwards. But let us in wisdom pray for 
and actively seek out leaders who are true servants. True servants. Concerned only with the welfare of the people. And through them, may God's love and justice transform our world. Amen. Let us pray. Holy One, you have given us your word, both your scriptures and your promises, and you have kept them from generation to generation in all times and places. Humbled and emboldened, we hear your call and vow to answer it. Make us your hands and feet that we may love the world and so love you. Amen. Community of faith. God never forgot us even when we gave up on ourselves. Forgetting our life's calling, God didn't spare anything to bring us to the promised land. So why be stingy with our gratitude? There's nothing more natural than to, generous, than to give generously to the one who has rescued us and has given us new life.
Let us pray. God, who has given us enough and so much more, show us how to use your gifts in serving others. May we not hold back, knowing that in our giving and offering of ourselves, we walk in the footsteps of the one who gave himself for us and find life in all its fullness. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> As I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, uh, Atticus had his uh, tonsils and adenoids out on Tuesday. He's doing okay, but it was a rough night last night. So we, uh, we appreciate all of your prayers and cards and uh, thoughts. Um, I, Elena was soothing him the other night and said, I'm so sorry, buddy. And he said, I know, but it'll all be worth it in the end. <laughs> the doctor came out after the surgery and said, everything went really well. His tonsils and his adenoids were huge. Uh, he didn't say the biggest he had ever seen, but huge, so... I also want to uh, just give a shout out and a um, just my immense gratitude to our tech team uh, and especially Mark, um, who are always there to troubleshoot. Um, I think the gremlins in the technology know that it's Halloween on Tuesday, um, but uh, you suffer through and I am very grateful for you. Uh, because those are who are joining us on Zoom, um, they, they rely on it. And it, it widens our circle of community and worship, uh, and it's an important part of our ministry. I wish it was easier. <laughs> but thank you. We continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. We continue to pray for the people in Gaza and Israel. You don't know, need me to tell you that the crisis there is expanding at an exponential rate. We pray for peace. We pray for ceasefire. We pray that God's people would be protected. Are there other concerns or joys to lift up this morning? Shannon. I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, Peyton turned five. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm so glad that you made it back safe and that it sounds like it was a really meaningful time down in Nashville. Uh, wonderful. Others? 
Marianne. We, uh, we pray uh, with thanksgiving that Reen has been able to find help with hospice and that she seems to be uh, in, in relative comfort. Um, we continue to pray for Myra as uh, they continue to deal with the effects of this concussion and the accident and um, pray that they would be um, able to resume and get back to some semblance of normal. Um, that is really difficult. And, we hold all of you in prayer. We pray for uh, the community of Lewiston in Maine. Um, I, I just don't, I don't even know what to say anymore. I, I heard um, on the radio the other day they were talking about this and somebody was asked, you know, how do you respond? And, they said, you know, we could go back to a taping of this show three, four months ago and play the same show and it would be exactly the same because nothing ever seems to change. We pray for the victims and their families. We hold them in our hearts. Um, and especially as they continue to look for answers, sometimes there are none. Um, others. Um, well, I have some joys. Uh, Good.
Stevens. Jackson, the um, congratulations. Did I see you on the news a couple of weeks ago? I didn't realize we had a celebrity in our midst, but but uh, you know, congratulations. It's, it seems like soccer is going really well for you, and um, just be safe, please. Nancy. Good. We, we, we celebrate your brother, your younger brother's 75th birthday, but I'm having trouble understanding how he's your younger brother when you're not even 50, right? <laughs> but congratulations to him. That's wonderful, and we celebrate that. Any others? Lift up. Friends, let's turn to God in prayer. God of history, you know our story better than we know ourselves. You are the Alpha and the Omega with us from the beginning, with us until the end. Your steadfast love is our ever-present help and hope. We praise you for your faithfulness. Despite our wanderings and failures, you have not abandoned us. We are your people, and you are our God. Hear our prayers of gratitude. God of redemption, you call us to repent from the sins we have committed and the harms we've perpetuated. You call us to learn from past mistakes and seek your path of reconciliation. Yet we are stubborn and wayward and stiff-necked people. We have soul work to do. Examining the painful truths of our interior lives so we can be transformed for honest, outward living. God, grant us the courage for reckoning with our past so we can reconcile and redeem our present and build a better future with you. God of the world, cure your children's warring madness. We add places around the globe to our litany seemingly every day where atrocities and violence take place and God we need you we ask that you would move your presence of peace through the Middle East 
through Ukraine, through our own nation, be in places like Lewiston and comfort those who are grieving and challenge those who are in positions of authority. God, we seek and desperately need change. God of the powerful and privileged, we scream in frustration over politics as usual and national leaders who squander opportunities for civil dialogue and real change. We groan in protest over every political setback and join our voices to the chorus calling for necessary progress. We lament the problems of our world that feel utterly insurmountable. Yet we are not without resources. You have blessed us with gifted leaders who do have voices of reason. Lift these people up, holy God. If they are not already serving, call them to service. Grant them the platform and the, and the votes that they need to make a difference. God of our Savior, you command us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. In all that we do, help us to emulate Christ. As his disciples, help us follow his way of love, truth, and justice. As his body, may the world know your love through us. What we do, who we are, how we pray. And finally, God. Hear us as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 346, for the healing of the nations.
beloved, leave your struggles here with God. Let the Lord take your load. Let the Lord take your load. Leave any resentments or bitterness here with God. Let God transform your heart. Pick up and take with you instead the blessing that is yours, the love that is God's, the peace that is from Jesus, and the comfort that is the Holy Spirit's offering. Carry them with you instead this week and always. And may they remind you of who you are and whose you are. Amen.